the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us this August Sunday evening. Uh, Tonight, uh, in our second half, we're going to be talking to one of our lawyers from Phillips and Lilly, John McCarty. Uh, And he's a uh, lawyer who focuses on domestic relations, family law. And we're going to talk about children and talk about uh, children and custody and uh, what it costs to do that and how to pay that. So you want to hear that. In our first half of the show here at 8 o'clock, we're going to have uh, our our monthly report from the state of Ohio and down at the legislature in Columbus with Dave Greenspan. State Representative Dave Greenspan is with us tonight. Dave, thank you for joining us. Are you there, David? I I am here now. Now you're here. Okay, glad we got you. So uh, in in any event, uh, month of August, boy, has uh, time flown by. Next month's going to be September already. And uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, tell me uh, what what's been happening uh, at least at the state level. I know there are a number of topics that we're following, and you, as you mentioned, it's, it may be summer, but there's still work that goes on uh, during the the summer months before you're you're back into session. So what's up? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean traditionally. Um, you know, we we recess for the summer, and as I've said in the past, you know, recess doesn't mean that you know we we you know depart from Columbus and and don't do any any work. What that means simply is we generally are not in session or have committee work. And by and large, um, you know, August has reflected that. July we were in session twice. Uh, the House was uh, once to vote out the the operating budget, the workers' comp budget, and then secondarily uh, we came back. Um, to vote on the um, House Bill Six, the the um, the Energy Bill, um, but then unfortunately we had the issues and circumstances uh, of Dayton that that happened, which has caused a lot of us to spend time working on legislative matters. Um, some of which have been new to some, and some like myself, I've been working on uh, for a number of months a, a men- mental health and deadly weapons piece of legislation which um, obviously is very topical right now, and we plan on introducing something uh, in, in, very shortly. Uh, I, I am lining up um, spon- uh, co-sponsors for the legislation now, and we believe that we'll be successful in at least identifying how we can address this issue, um, You know, whether it was the Dayton issue or the, or the issue in El Paso or the other issues that we've been chasing throughout our nation as we talk about mental health and we talk about mental health as it relates to to deadly weapons and folks that act out towards uh, towards innocent people. Well, let, so let, me, this, let me ask you about that yeah. with regard to mental health, because I think everybody agrees that uh, the people who have weapons, who have mental health issues, and they go on rampages and shooting people. Yeah. Uh, right. the, the idea is, is to get the government involved to stop that from happening, uh, to right. keep people who are likely to shoot people uh, from having, having weapons, especially military-style weapons. Are there any right. theory, but the people I've been talking to, they, they don't have a solution. Is there any theme as far as, you know, how broad are we going to start looking at the mental health of the residents of the state of Ohio and rating them or do something like that? Well, yeah, and, and, and that's a good point. And, you know, the, the issue comes down and there are, no, there are a number of, of, of Ohio legislators, you know, state representatives and state senators that have already introduced and are proposing legislation to deal with, with the deadly weapon aspect of, of firearms or other types of deadly weapons. You know, oftentimes we, we specifically view a, a deadly weapon or, or we see in these attacks primarily they are with firearms, but we're seeing unfortunately a number of incidences we saw in, in, in Boston, you know, insofar as a domestic terrorist attack where, you know, pressure cooker was used and, and other, other types of weapons are being used. So there are a number of members uh, in, in, in the state legislature that are working on various pieces of legislation, and we'll see how those, how those um, take shape. It's also raised the consciousness at the federal level, and we're seeing a number of members, Republicans and Democrats. This is not 
not a, a partisan issue here. Republicans and Democrats coming forward with with various proposals, and we'll, those all will be both in Columbus and in Washington. You know, vetted you know very thoroughly, especially when you start talking about these types of issues as relates to the weapons themselves. What 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 I've been trying to identify and working with is is how is it that we're able to provide due process in dealing with those with mental health issues to ensure that these types of activities are properly vetted are, are these individuals in advance and in, in anticipation of preventing these types of, mm-hmm. of activities from happening. And and those are the discussions that I've been having um, with both mental health professionals and law enforcement individuals and, and constitutional folks as to how, how is it that we can strike a balance in order to provide the, the appropriate protections um, that we need in order to protect our citizenry and at the same time, um, you know, preserve and protect, you know, individuals' rights, um, whether they be mental health, mental health rights or, uh, or others. And, and it's, it's, it's a tough balancing act. It's one of, it's one of, and especially now that we've had an incident here on Ohio soil, it's one that, that strikes home to a lot of people. It's one now that has struck, you know, very close to us. I don't care if you live in Dayton or if you live in, in, in Ashtabula. This is, this has now become, um, of late a very, a, a very, um, very contemporary issue and one that, that's on our soils, just like we had Chardon, you know, years ago. So we need to be very vigilant. I think what you're going to see when we come back in the session here in the next few weeks and we're scheduled to come back, um, I, I believe the date is, is the second week in September. Committee hearings are going to start the first, or our schedule starts the first and the second week in September. And I would say between now and then, we're going to see a number of proposals, including one from the administration or from the governor and his staff. And I know they're working very diligently on putting a proposal together. And the governor, uh, in, in, in swift response to the actions, um, came up with his concept of a 17-point plan. And, and from a legislative perspective, we're going to take a look at it and and evaluate it. And I do believe I feel pretty comfortable in saying that that this issue is 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 very important to us, and we will come up with with a proposal um, or a number of proposals, and maybe come together into an omnibus bill that will address this issue, so that we don't have to deal with this type of situation again. Um, I, I will say that there there is there is a lot of work that we can do here at the state level, but there's also a significant amount of work that we need our federal partners to work with us on. And I know that a number of us have already reached out to our our our, our congressmen or our senators to to see what we can do uh, to work with them to address some of these issues because some of these issues are just more more than just just a state issue a, a state issue. It is a multi-state issue and a national issue. Well, I hear a lot that uh, of course. Uh, the the problems are the shooters that are are stepping forward and, and doing these mass shootings, and I was wondering whether since you're at at the focal point of of hearing about the different proposals, are there one or two uh, proposed leading plans that sort of make sense? And, and what I'm getting at is that we don't want to have I, I think a red flag system <clears throat> where anyone can call in anonymously and turn in uh, anybody's name who are now on a watch list. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and that's where when, when we talk about providing, providing you know a a a, a protocol that that is respectful of of not only protecting the safety of of all, but also at the same time protecting um, individual rights of as as you're speaking, and and there there are there are some ideas. The governor's proposal um, is working towards a a solution, or at least a proposal, I should say, not a solution, a proposal whereby there is due process, as is. It's a little premature for me to talk specifically about this piece of legislation that I'm working on, but I can tell you that in the piece of legislation I'm working on, there there are three levels of due process that that are are outlined in where we're going with our piece of legislation as we address this issue to ensure that we don't have, um, you know, um, that, that we have proper protocols in place and not an abusive protocol in place. So I know that's what I'm working on. We've got other members that are focused on the firearm side of things and and, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate we talk about the situation in Dayton, and, and that individual did pass a background check. He did purchase the handgun itself, which was the genesis of the weapon that was used legally. But what, what, what you can't protect or, or prevent is he took a, a, a barrel off a rifle and attached it to this handgun. He modified the triggering mechanism to make it automatic when it was never intended to be such. He put a stock on it. Somehow he was able to purchase a 100-round magazine 
um, you know, presumably off the internet and, and fashion this weapon that was became illegal and everything that he did except legally purchase it with the current background checks in place, modified a weapon and created this, this hugely, this hugely deadly weapon. And so, you know, we have to look beyond just, you know, the, the, the traditional discussion of assault weapons. If somebody is, is really intent on, on harming others, he or she will find a mechanism and a way to do it. Well, so true. A thorny problem, I, I don't know what the answer or the solution is going to be, but probably have some element in it of something we've heard about in law enforcement a lot, and that is if the individual sees something, say something, because it's going to go down to the individual level sooner or later. So we're going to take a short break. We're talking to State Representative Dave Greenspan, uh, updating us on what's going on in Columbus here in August. And we're going to be back uh, after these words, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. The product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And, since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. 
You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Please call The Advocate with your questions or comments at News Talk 1420 WHK at 888-281-1110. That's 888-281-1110 or locally 216-901-0945. And now here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, As always, we uh, try to find out what's going on in Columbus in our state government, and we're so pleased to have with us State Representative Dave Greenspan. Dave, thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you. Uh, We talked about the the gun, uh, I guess, initiative going on, and we'll we'll stay in touch with that uh, as it develops. But uh, what else is going on in Columbus uh, this summer that uh, September will, will catch some news, I guess, and developments? Well, you, you and I have been doing the show, I think, for going on just about nine years now. And I know <laughs> I think so. two questions you, you always ask me, especially when I'm in club, is how are revenues how are and revenues, revenues, yeah. in the, you know, revenues in the state continue to, 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 be, to be strong? Uh, the state has done a very good job in controlling its expenditures, which, is, which has led to surpluses, as we've seen over the last couple of years. And things are moving, continue to move in that direction. Uh, unemployment numbers for the state just came out, and we've we've been able to maintain a low unemployment rate of four percent, which is the lowest rate it's been in a long time. And we're continuing to maintain that low unemployment rate, which means that we have a lot of Ohioans that that are those who are seeking work are able to find work. Uh, we now, just like others other states, and I'm on the uh, representative Cup and I are on the executive committee for the Council of State Governments Midwest Region, and we had a conference recently. And I also am fortunate to co-chair the Economic Development Committee with a senator out of Nebraska and our vice chair as a, senator, as a state representative out of Indiana. And we went around the table and we had it's basically 11 states, and now five Canadian provinces, and we talk about our economic out, outlook and our opportunities. And, and Ohio is, is, is one of the, has one of the lowest unemployment rates of, of the, that group that I mentioned, the 11 states and the five Canadian provinces. And we're all facing the same challenges, skilled and competent uh, and, and a workforce that can pass a drug test and show up to work every day. And our our challenges are no different than theirs. We're finding that we're competing for some of the same workers. One of the things or a few things that I was able to share with them that we were able to pass in our last budget was, was our um, we put a freeze on the cost of higher education, which other states have not done. Uh, we've also invested more money in public school education. Uh, in Ohio uh, than than other states are doing, but more importantly, we're working on micro pro, micro um, certificates, whereby we're able to, in a short period of time, uh, have a have programs in place that meet the in demand jobs that our employers are seeking, and we believe with this that we'll be able to um, not only hopefully lower our unemployment rate, put more of these people that are looking for jobs in jobs, but also enhance the employer's uh, ability to find job seekers in Ohio that meet the the demands they need so that they'll be able to continue to bring jobs to our state. So we're working closely with that. We're working on that front. I will say that Representative Corrales out of the Dayton area is a retired Air Force major, and he has taken tremendous strides in working with the military community. And although in the eastern part of the state we may not think that we have a large military presence, uh, but we do, we actually, uh, in Cleveland, uh, host the uh, Coast Guard uh, uh, Great Lakes Regional Office is headquartered here, and we have a significant amount of Coast Guard personnel that live and work in Northeast Ohio. And what we're trying to do there is is and and, and these folks, as we know, are transient because of their their duty, and that they relocate every few years, and and oftentimes the spouses come into the state with the certification from another state. Um, and by the time it takes for them to become certified in whatever that profession is, they're being transferred to another location and they don't have an opportunity to seek employment. And so these, 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 this enhanced military certification process is ho- hopefully going to 
expedite that process so that we can help those who come to who come to Ohio in a military as, in the, as a military family to be able to work in their chosen profession uh, by seeking the certification, obtaining the certifications they need. So we're doing a lot of things that other states aren't doing, which is helping us attract and retain uh, employers and employees. Which uh, really, when we were explaining this, and as I was explaining this to the other um, other representatives and senators from the eleven states and and five Canadian provinces, they were very impressed with what we were doing here in Ohio to be on the front end of employment and and job training mm-hmm. and, uh, and and education. With certifications, what would be some examples of the kinds of jobs that uh, could be made available to military family members? Well, we have, we have a lot of folks that come in, in in healthcare professions. We have a lot of folks that come in, in educational professions that that are are looking to continue in that same in their same field, but are challenged because our certification process um, may take a little longer than they either have here or by the time they complete it, they're not able to really spend a significant amount of time in Ohio in that field. So it it, it runs the gamut from. From, um, from a number of different industries, and I believe one of the, the qualifying criteria is that if, if the certification in another state meets the criteria of Ohio, then that the certification shall be offered. If there are a few certifications that Ohio has other states don't, those are the only the certifications they need to, to obtain. So if, some, if, if, if Ohio has 10 qualifications and another state has eight, then we're not requiring that person to go get all ten. They just have to get the two that that were deficient in you know when they came to Ohio. So that significantly, as you can imagine, reduces the amount of time it would take someone to be certified and eligible to work in Ohio. Mm-hmm. The um, some of the other questions I know that we've been uh, talking about over the uh, over the many months uh, about what's going on in Columbus. One one question that keeps coming up I'm hearing people ask about. The front license plate. What's the uh, current yeah. status of that? Yeah. So, so in in the transportation budget, which we passed earlier this year, the front license plate, effective July one of twenty twenty, will no, no longer be required on the vehicle front of your vehicle. However, what I can say is, is that as part of that budget, there was a joint legislative study committee that was um, required to be to be enacted. Um, I actually am honored that, that I will be co-chairing that committee with Senator Rob McCulley out of Fulton County over on, on Northwest Ohio uh, in the Senate. It's a joint House and Senate committee. There will be five members from each chamber. Uh, the fortunate thing about it for us here in Northeast Ohio on my committee uh, that I co-chair, or I'm sorry, that I chair the um, subcommittee on finance on transportation, three of the five members are from Northeast Ohio. And in the committee in the Senate, we picked up uh, two more members from Northeast Ohio. So actually, actually five of the 10 members will be from Cuyahoga and Lorain County on this committee. The committee's structure is to focus on ways to improve transportation in the state of Ohio. But one of our specific charges is to work with law enforcement as well as the automobile industry to identify a front vehicle identifier. We don't know what that's going to be yet. We have, we have until December of next year to submit a report, and Senator McCauley and I will more than likely begin our committee process in September. Uh, when we get back, I have a, an ODOT oversight committee meeting scheduled for the last Tuesday in September. We'll probably adjourn that meeting and right into this joint legislative committee meeting to address that issue. But the long and the short answer to your question is, is effective July 1, 2020, the front license plate will no longer be required in Ohio. But likely something in its place. Uh, are there any other states, or does the industry have any uh, proposals out there as far as uh, what might work, uh, like a, a VIN number on a windshield or something like that? Well, there, there's we're, we're, we're at the beginning stages of this. Um, you know, there, there have been discussions even here in Ohio about some type of, of uh, windshield identifier that can be read by MAG, you know, by... Um, by license plate readers and and things like that, we're going to look at at, at various different options. Um, I'm not aware of another state that has has addressed this issue the way we plan on addressing it. So we may be you know pioneers in leading leading the, the the nation in this this endeavor. But 
between Senator McCauley's leadership and, and hopefully what we can bring to the table in the House, we'll be able to come up with with a proposal for the legislature to consider. Well, we'll be watching that one, too. A lot of uh, we, we see a lot of cars driving around without a front license plate, uh, and I know that that's not the law at this point, but uh, it will become legal next year in July. So we'll see what right. alternatives are out there. Uh, any, uh, we right. have less than a minute to go. Wondering, is there anything that we can look forward to talking about next month? Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, tonight we're talking to Cleveland attorney John McCarty, who's also an attorney here at Phillips & Millie, who specializes in the practice of domestic relations law or family law, as it may be. John, thank you for joining us tonight. Good evening, Nick. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, divorce, uh, domestic relations. You know, I remember the statistics used to be that are probably near 50% of the marriages end up in uh, termination somewhere along the way. Is that still a valid number? It's close. I think the the later generations have become a little more picky about their spouse. Maybe wait a little later in life till they're more established. And it, while the number's still high, it's not quite at fifty percent these days. But it is still a, a relevant and relevant thing in today's society. Well, one of the biggest problems with uh, dealing with families and divorces are uh, dealing with families that have small children or or teenagers even. Um, with regard to dealing with those, are, are those still difficult cases? Absolutely. It, in today's modern era, everything's online. Social media is everywhere. Everyone knows everyone's business. So, you know, in the old days when a family got divorced, they could keep it quiet. They can manage it in-house. Nowadays, everything's done in the public, and that has a, a big effect on kids, especially teenage kids um, in school friends know everything, online presence being what it is. So it's very tricky. Uh, the, the older the kids get, the more issues obviously arise and the more they're involved in the process, for better or worse. Do you often run into cases where people are getting divorced and they can actually agree on what's to be done with the children after the divorce? Surprisingly, yes. Those are few and far between. Uh, those are usually the the couples or families where the, the emotions have gone from the case and they're they're practical at this point and i always encourage um, my clients never to make a decision when they're angry uh, it's kind of like don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry don't bring up issues surrounding your divorce when you're upset and those those couples who can come together and really focus on how we're going to leave our kids when this is over when the dust settles those are the ones that that I applaud and usually are more successful and have a better relationship with their children going forward. You know, dealing with um, the children, is there an age where the children actually have a meaningful input into who do they go with, or is everyone sharing parentage now? The traditional age for most courts, especially in the Cleveland area, is around age 14. That's when, I don't want to say the court considers them a person officially, but that's when a, a child has been shown to their their input and opinion is is well formed enough that the court will take it into consideration. They they will not let a teenager drive the case or be the bus driver, so to speak. But they'll definitely take their input into account, and um, a lot of times their input is is dispositive to how the case is going. And a 13 or 14 year old whose parents are getting divorced in front of them is usually quite insightful and usually is the most mature party in the case. Hmm. Now, when uh, young people are faced with, with that decision they have to make, um, do you end up talking to them or do they, how, how do you get through this? Because I'm sure each party many times is lobbying uh, to advance their own side as being the better parent. Absolutely. Especially in a divorce with kids, both parents become parent of the year in, in their own opinion. And if I see that occurring, I'll suggest the court appoints what's called a guardian ad litem, and that is an advocate for the child. It's a neutral party that is only there to serve the best interests of the child who reports to the court how they see each family dynamic on mommy and dad's side. So who are these uh, guardian ad litems and uh, how do they get paid? They're, they're usually um, attorneys in the area that are trained in domestic relations and family law. They can also also be licensed social workers, psychologists, other therapists that get put, they apply to be put on a court roster, they do some training, and they're paid hourly just as an attorney would. Now the rate varies between guardian ad litem and individual, but each side pays the guardian's fee, um, half they post a bond with the court, and that guardian then will undertake an investigation, interviewing the parents, interviewing the child. They'll do home visits if they feel it's necessary. And they will also attend every hearing in court and report to the judge or magistrate. Do you often run into situations where the parents are trying to use the children to advance their case or to paint the other parent in a bad light? And maybe sometimes it's justified. Those are always the most unfortunate cases. Um, I, I feel bad for the children whose parents are using them as cannon fodder for the case. 
And a lot of times they don't think what they're doing is improper, but stray remarks on an impressible, impressionable teenager go a long way. You know, dad just in passing says, oh, your mom's an idiot. I don't know what she's thinking. That imprints in a child in a negative way. And the courts are set up, and most litigants are warned and admonished about that very thing to keep the child out of it as much as possible. So sometimes you'll get the unintentional parent that does those things and and doesn't mean to. The intent is not there. But a lot of times you will get the parent who manipulates the child and brings way too much of the divorce case home with them. And it, it definitely creates a serious issue for that child going forward. How is it decided um, where the children will actually live, whether they live with the mother or the father? Is it is it always a given, my impression, is maybe the mother has the upper hand in that? You know, traditional norms are all, in, in all things mm-hmm. are tough to break. And you know, past history and culture has been that usually the mother in the family is the primary caregiver um, and father was you know, out working to provide. In the modern era, you know, we're affected by that as well, and more and more parents and families are dual income, dual parents both out in the workforce. There are a lot of stay-at-home fathers these days, and those are the things we have to navigate. It's not always a default that the mother is the default position at this point. I've had several cases where father was given the primary lion's share of the custody and visitation um, just based on the family dynamic and earning potentials and, and that sort of thing. So you would hope that parties who have decided that they can't be together anymore can separate that idea versus what's best for their child. Well, will the court ever recommend counseling to people to help everyone work through this, or is that something that the individuals uh, need to decide on their own? As a general rule, the court won't, when you're at a pretrial or a a hearing, they won't suggest, hey, guys, you should take a step back and everyone should go to counseling. What I have seen in in several cases, especially ones where a guardian ad litem is on board, um, they will suggest it. it. This may be a good thing because of specific issues that are going on. Maybe a 13 or 14 year old son feels alienated from his dad because dad moved out. Um, and there's some issues there that a 14-year-old isn't equipped to deal with on their own. It's displaced anger, displaced grieving, that sort of thing. And that's beneficial. There's There are therapists out there that are called reunification therapists, that their focus is to let the child know that it's not their job to pick sides. And that's a big thing. You know, they uh, a 12-year-old may feel that he's got a side with dad because boys stick together or... A daughter sticks with mom because dad moved out and is dating someone else, or vice versa. And these therapists will let the child know that it's okay to be neutral. It's okay to have a relationship with both parents. They're not splitting up because of them. The the parents are splitting up because the adults can't get together anymore. Uh, Are there children you run into who actually see themselves in a position of power and start manipulating both parents? And if so, what do you do with them? Absolutely. The, more so teenagers, um, they'll, they'll use that for, and it's not always the obvious, oh, I want a new Xbox or a new iPhone, but it's, I want to live with Dad because Dad lets me stay up late. Dad, you know, has a Netflix account. Um, I don't want to be with Mom because she makes me do my homework. So they'll, you know, they'll pick, They'll pick fights. They'll tug at heartstrings when it suits them. And those are really hard to pick out as the practitioner because I don't talk to the children primarily. My job is to represent the individual who has come to me that is my client. And they may not know what's happening when the child's not with them. So that's why, yes, it's an added expense in the case. But when we're having cases with difficult child issues... Guardian ad litems are invaluable because they're the one on the front line talking to the kids, and they're usually pretty good at picking up on on those cues. You know, we're, we're talking to divorce lawyer John McCarty, uh, one of the lawyers here at Phillips and Millie, talking about children and uh, how do you award custody and uh, all of that. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with John to talk about divorce work and talk about child custody and how to get through that whole situation of divorce and children. 
So we'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Tonight we're talking about uh, family law, talking about domestic relations, and specifically what do you do about the kids. Uh, with us tonight we have John McCarty. He's a domestic relations attorney here in Cleveland, works for Phillips and Millie. And uh, he's been doing this for over 15 years. Is that right, John? That's correct. Well, thank you again for joining us tonight. Uh, we're talking about uh, the, the the pain involved in the emotions when you separate a family and the kids have to make a choice uh, as to where they're going to live with. And the court and the lawyers all run, run into that. Uh, are there many times where these... Or if any times where the mother and father can actually work out the details as far as where will the children live, who's going to pay for the orthodontics for the young teens, and uh, where will they go to school, all of those kinds of issues. Are, are those worked out generally, or does the court have to jump in? The parties can agree to anything they want, and I strongly encourage it. Uh, whenever I meet with a new client, I I not go so far as to beg them, but I really prod them along to try to come to an agreement outside of court. When parties do that, the agreement is theirs. They can sit down and work out what works best for them and their children and their family going forward. What they run into if they can't come to an agreement is to have someone they've never met before decide how the rest of their life is going to go. And that's a judge or a magistrate at court. And while I'm pretty good at predicting how things will come out. At the end of the day, it is a, a, another human being deciding their lives based on evidence that's put before them. So my opinion and what I counsel my clients to do is, if at all possible, work out as much as they can. Uh, we can submit to court. It's called a shared parenting plan. And that can be whatever the parties want it to be that makes sense for them, uh, whether it's visitation, holidays, um, days of importance, child support numbers, who pays for extracurriculars, who pays for, as you mentioned, orthodontics, which people don't really consider, but that is, aside from college, and a, and a car, if they want to give their child a car at 16, probably the next biz, biggest expense that people don't anticipate. 
So I strongly encourage them to do that. There's no statute of limitations on filing a divorce. So absent impatience, there's no reason to rush these things, if at all possible. Well, and that's interesting, talking about statutes of limitations and jurisdiction of the court. Uh, and, and I know child support and child custody and, and all those issues dealing with children, uh, they're only a small part of all the other issues you might have in a divorce case. Uh, for example, real estate, cars, retirement plans, um, earning capacities of individuals. When all of this stuff is finally put together and buttoned up and the divorce is final, quote-unquote final, and we have all the custody issues with the children resolved, including child support and how that will be paid and how much will be paid. Uh, what what happens next? Because life goes on, things can change. Are, are these things changeable, or are you stuck for 18 years with with one fixed thing, even though circumstances might change? What, what's the rule there? The rule is yes and no. Oh, that's a lawyer answer. (laughs) You'll never pin me down. Um, Certain issues that the court will not retain jurisdiction over. And those mean generally asset issues, um, personal property issues. The court, once you've divided up your personal property, once you've divided up your bank accounts, you've, you know, put cars in your name, that sort of thing, the court will not retain jurisdiction, meaning they won't hold the case open to, you know, keep an eye on you, so to speak. They will in other instances, um, retirement accounts. Sometimes those take a while to split up. Sometimes they're not easily identifiable as to what they are, and further work is needed. So the court will, at times, hold open the case or allow you to come back in case their issues arise. Maybe you need a clarification of an order for a certain financial company or product. But the biggest one the court will keep an eye on until the child reaches age of majority is child support, child custody issues, health insurance, those sorts of things. So people who get divorced who have young children, age three, age one, age six, that child's going to be around hopefully until they reach the age of majority. And you think in your mind 18, but it's till they're completed through high school. Some kids are 19. Um, So the court will keep jurisdiction open for a long time. And that's a long period of life. And what is good for a family when a child is three might not be good for a child when the child's 13. Things could change. Um, think about the average person and how many careers they go through in, in the span of their life. And think back to your own kids or when you were a kid, how many things changed for you from age three to age 17. So there is always a chance if things aren't working out the way you thought they would when you first got divorced, to go back to court. Now, I encourage people to try to work it out themselves first and go back to court simply to memorialize what they've agreed to outside of court. But people are not perfect, the system is not perfect, and disputes will arise at the drop of a hat at times and over the years. So you are able Mm -hmm. to go back to court. I've seen some cases over the years where... Uh, individuals will work outside of court, let's say, uh, child support payments might be made directly to the other spouse. Uh, Yet they run into problems if they're not meeting the order through paying through the court, as maybe they're ordered to do. Certainly. Uh, Is that that a problem, or can people just uh, skip the court part and pay, make their payments on their own? If there are minor children involved, in Ohio, child support has to be paid through the child support enforcement agency um, through the state. That way they can monitor it and keep an accounting of it. So if a dispute arises, there's a paper trail and proof of payment. Now, that's not to say that if a party agrees to pay an amount above and beyond, they can't do that directly. Um, But if if it's not in writing and it's not filed with the court, it may or may not be enforceable and it becomes difficult. My goal in in those, in an instance like that, is to make sure that if a dispute arises, the litigation doesn't get out of hand; that it's easily proven or remedied. Um, so, if you if you want to go off the reservation, you, you do so at your own risk. The cost of doing a divorce case can be staggering. Uh, are most people surprised that when they have all these issues they want to talk about and they want to fight about, uh, will come with a price tag because of the hourly rates that lawyers charge? Absolutely. And what people 
sometimes have a hard time grasping is when you retain a lawyer in a domestic case, they're not selling you a product. They're not handling a, a writing one document to give you. You're you're paying them for their time, and every time you call them to to bicker about a piece of furniture or an issue about not putting gas in the gas tank when they said they would or didn't fill their backpack with their homework. The only service I provide is my time, and those are billed at, yes, what most people consider an expensive rate. Um, So the more you're relying on your attorney to be either your confidant or your, your, your mouthpiece, the more it's going to cost. And I always make sure that my clients are aware that if you want me to do this, it's going to, you know, I'm going to bill you for it. And I'll encourage them, if at all possible, to directly to try to work it out and then report the instead of having me do it at X dollars an hour. Well, again, uh, one of the old axioms in law is that where there's consent, there's no legal issue. So hopefully uh, people will be able to do that. Thinking about whether they need a divorce, anything they need to do beforehand? They need to make sure that if they are going to to go through the that they do it actually if they have children that they do it they do it to preserve the relationship as the the fa- as best. a lot of people get caught up damage that can't be undone later on so I'll strongly encourage them to discuss it as much as possible at first as long as it's safe to do so and productive and it make court make a contested case if at all possible there are plenty of avenues to negotiate prior to rushing to court. Uh, Cleveland has the Collaborative Law Institute. They've got domestic mediators you can do with lawyers beforehand so that the only time you're in court is to report to the court that you have an agreement and you would like them to sign off on it. Well, you know, we mentioned collaborative. That sounds more like a mediation of, of issues. Is, is that essentially... Yet in our, our last moment here. It does. It's a unique concept where you agree to retain a lawyer solely for the purpose of attempting to mediate your differences. And if you're successful, that lawyer sticks with you and goes to court with you. If you're not successful, you have agreed that that attorney will not be on your case anymore and you have to go elsewhere for counsel to take to court. So get, get opposing counsel and battle it out. Correct. Well, John McCarty, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's uh, been eye-opening, and and we hope for all those families facing divorce and they have children that it uh, goes by uh, as reasonably as possible and with the interest of the children uh, in mind. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. And thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.